Chapter 3. Time to Step Up Life Shrinks or Expands in Proportion to One's Courage Anais Nin A few years ago, I was sitting at dinner with about eight other men who had invited me to their duck hunting club. Everything about the lodge oozed with rustic manhood. Thick, four-foot logs blazed and snapped in the fireplace. Above the massive mantel, a half-dozen mounted mallards were cupped, ready for landing in a watery thicket. The meal set before us was, what else? Meaty, succulent servings of waterfowl. A glance in any direction revealed a whole room of boots, belt buckles, and boisterous laughter. The group at our table, like most others, consisted of guys who didn't know each other. Many had never met before this night. So the conversation, not unexpectedly, gravitated toward the thoughts of the next day's hunt to highlights of previous exploits embellished with all kinds of noises, sweeping arm gestures, the stories growing bigger with the telling. Sure, there was some male bonding going on. We were partners in forks and knives, soon to be shotguns and hunting vests. And though the conversation was a little more interesting than everyday talk, It was still exactly what you'd have predicted. Bring any bunch of guys into the same setting, and the only difference would be the details. Different faces talking the same stuff. Maybe it's because I'm in my 60s and I can get away with it, or maybe it's only because I've heard all this before, but I've found that as I grow older, I tire of disposable small talk much more easily. So after asking permission of our host... I popped out a question that I knew would change the tone around the table. It's a question I love asking men. What is the most courageous thing you have ever done? When a man pulls back the veneer and asks a penetrating question like this, an awkward silence can suddenly descend, sucking the words right out of the room. Men's brains sort of catch and hang up, You can almost see them spinning and searching, trying to process. And yet I've discovered that even though the responses are often slow in coming, it's a question men truly love to answer. I've heard stirring stories of men doing their duty at key points in their lives, being faithful to their wives when no one was looking, giving up pornography and confessing it to their wives, tackling difficult issues with their children, doing what is right in the workplace, even when it's not convenient or profitable. Many men have told about conquering their fears to step up and square their relationships with their fathers, looking a father in the eyes and forgiving him, honoring a father who didn't always deserve it, disagreeing with a father on a major decision, and standing their ground with their father. And yes, I've heard some phenomenal stories of war, Heroic soldiers who grabbed grenades in midair and threw them back at the enemy. I've determined that the man who claims he's never done anything courageous doesn't understand what courage really is or how often he faces decisions that require real courage. It takes courage to step up. 
A number of years ago, I was asked to give a man-up wheel alignment to a group of 125 guys. A number of them had been acting like teenagers, and I was asked by the leadership of the organization that they were a part of to call them to step up to their responsibilities as men. I spoke to these men about the five stages of a man's journey through life, of boyhood, adolescence, manhood, mentor, and patriarch, and his responsibilities at each stage. Sensing that these men needed a visual illustration of my message, I decided to talk about the first stage, boyhood, while standing on the first step of the stairs that led upward to a platform behind me. As I continued through my message, I moved up a step when I described each new stage. As I spoke, I could tell that the men were really connecting with this concept of stepping up. By the time I finished my message with a challenge to continue leaving a legacy even during the last and final stage of life, I found myself standing on the top step. Without having planned it, I'd given these men a simple visual illustration and a vision for being a man. The group morphed before my eyes. Slouching men were now sitting up straight, heads up, jaws set, chest out. Somehow, these good guys were being encouraged to become better men, courageous men. In the remainder of this book, I will talk about these five stages of manhood. Each step offers its own set of challenges and opportunities, but one thing remains the same. No matter where you are in life, God calls you to do your duty, sometimes under fire. He calls you to courageously set aside any obstacle, your fears, your insecurities, your selfishness, your sin, and step up to fulfill the responsibilities God has given you. As I've studied the subject of manhood over the past three decades, I've looked for the very finest definitions of true manhood. If a man is going to step up to manhood, he needs to understand what he's stepping up to be and do. Two of my favorite definitions offer men a North Star to navigate through life. The first is from my friend Robert Lewis, founder of Men's Fraternity, a modern-day men's movement being used in thousands of churches, businesses, and prisons. Robert provides a working definition of manhood as the foundation for his curriculum. A real man is one who rejects his natural passivity, accepts the responsibilities that God has given him, which are a will to obey, a work to do, and a woman to love. He leads courageously, has to step into that leadership, oftentimes painfully so, but at the same time believing, and this is the last part of the definition, believing that God will reward him, that there's a greater reward in following that path than in not following it. The other definition comes from pastor and author John Piper. He says, at the heart of mature masculinity is a sense of benevolent responsibility to lead, provide for, and protect women in ways appropriate to a man's differing relationships. We do have a burden to bear and a responsibility to carry. I'm not calling any man to domineer. I'm not calling any man to belittle or to put a woman in her place as though 
Her place was anything other than a fellow heir of God, destined for a glory that will blind every man on this earth someday. I'm calling the men to stoop down and let God put on your back a great responsibility of servant leadership. It's a call that we should take risks, fellas. It's risky business to be a leader in a church or a nation or a family or at work. It's a call to pray like we've never prayed before for help. It's a call to be in the Word, to find out what God expects of us in the right proportion and right balance because we're so sinful that we're so prone to get out of balance one way in domineering or one way in passivity. We must be in the Word every day pleading for God to open His will to us. It's a call to plan things more than we do, to be more intentional, not to be drifters who just go with the mood of the moment, never have anything planned for the family. No prayer plan, no devotion plan, no times out planned. What, what do you got planned for tomorrow? I blew it entirely. It's a call to be disciplined and ordered. Some guys have an awful time with that. To be orderly and disciplined. How can you lead if you're so disordered in your life? It's a call to be tender-hearted and sensitive. You're not talking drill sergeant when you talk leadership in, in the home and in relationship to women. You're talking sensitivity, tender-heartedness, open-mindedness. It's a call to take the initiative to make sure there's time and place to talk about what needs to be talked about. Now, I'm not saying a woman can't get you together to talk. I'm saying primarily... The guy ought to feel the responsibility to get it going. And finally, this is a call to be ready, men, to lay down our lives in discharging the responsibility of caring leadership toward women. Toward women. Why do the women and children get off the boat? Note that each writer emphasizes that a real man is active in fulfilling his responsibilities. Initiative is at the heart of manhood. That's why I talk about stepping up to your responsibilities as a man. When you step up, you assume responsibility for your family and for the assignment God's given you. It means you are an initiator setting aside whatever inhibits you, and passionately seizing your assignment. What's the opposite of stepping up? Standing still? Lying down? Becoming a couch potato? Male passivity is a disease that robs man of his purpose, while it destroys marriages, ruins families, and spoils legacies. A passive man doesn't engage, he retreats. He neglects personal responsibility. At its core, passivity is cowardice. Interesting, isn't it, that we don't talk much about cowards. No man wants to be labeled a coward. Instead, we instinctively value and appreciate men who seize the moment and take action. Men who step up to responsibility and inspire others in the process. 
We cheer the quarterback who leads his team to a comeback in the fourth quarter. The firefighter or police officer who rescues others at his own peril. The businessman who elevates integrity over profit. And the dad. The dad who takes a stand and protects his family. In the days that followed the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001, I was impressed by the stories of courageous men who ran toward those burning twin towers and risked or sacrificed their lives to help others. Peggy Noonan nailed it in her piece for the Wall Street Journal when she wrote, Men are back. A certain style of manliness is once again being honored and celebrated in our country since September the 11th. I am speaking of masculine men, men who push things and pull things and haul things and build things, men who charge up the stairs in a hundred pounds of gear and tell everyone else where to go to be safe. Men who are welders, who do construction, men who are cops and firemen, they are, all of them, one way or another, the men who put out the fire, the men who are digging the rubble out, and the men who will build whatever takes its place. And their style is back in style. We're experiencing a new respect for their old-fashioned masculinity, a new respect for physical courage, for strength, for the willingness to use both for the good of others. You didn't have to be a fireman to be one of the manly men of September 11th. Those businessmen on Flight 93, which was supposed to hit Washington, the businessmen who didn't live by their hands or their backs, but who found out what was happening to their country, they said goodbye to the people they loved, snapped the cell phone shut, and said, let's roll. Those were tough men. The ones who forced that plane down in Pennsylvania, they were tough, brave guys. Those days didn't last long, but for a time, men were revered and honored for being manly. We have been attacked, and men did what men do. They protected and defended, and they took on the enemy. They enlisted. They fought. Many gave their lives. Bob Peterson, my father-in-law, and a World War II veteran who earned a Purple Heart, wanted to go fight the enemy. Even at the age of 80, he said, I wish I could re-enlist and go fight for my country. Men today are realizing that another crisis is upon us. There are no bullets or bombs, but we are on a battlefield all the same. It's a fight for our families and our future. And for this fight, we need men who are willing to bravely step up and be the tough, courageous men God has designed them to be. Winston Churchill is often quoted as saying, 
there comes into the life of every man a task for which he and he alone is uniquely suited. What a shame if that moment finds him either unwilling or unprepared for that which would become his finest hour. Every man has a task for which he is uniquely suited. You may have already discovered this, or you may be yearning for purpose or direction. Whether you're a young man or you are nearing the end of your life, my charge to you is this. Press into the battle. Fill your lungs with smoke from the front lines and finish strong. Be prepared to shine when presented with your finest hour.